I woke up. Then I told the bishops who I, I found who was still sitting in front of me there. And I told them, that is the Lord himself. That is now the king himself. That is El Rey Mismo. The king himself. That one now is the king himself. So, then immediately I realized one thing right away. That, you see, God tells them that when the rapture happens, they will have bodies like mine. But I realize right now, he has a glorious body. So that's where I want us to go now. So I understood the message. God tells them that when the rapture takes place, they will have glorious bodies like mine. Right? Step by step. Before we read the scripture. And then number two. I'm just, let, let me pick the low hanging fruits, right? Number two. I also understood the saying. God tells them that when the rapture happens, I will deliver the glory I promised. I will complete, I will fulfill the promise. I will, I will give them the glory I promised. Number three. I could tell that he is saying literally that I have watched the church observando in Espanol. I have watched the church for a long time, for mucho tiempo, for mucho años, for a very long time. But I have found out that they are not focusing on the right thing. In Spanish, no focando. I have found out that they are not focusing on the right thing. So God tells them that when the rapture takes place, I'll deliver. I'll give them the glory of promise. Meaning, God tells them to focus on the promised glory. Hallelujah. In other words, God tells them that I have watched the church for many years. And I found out that they are focusing on other things. They are focusing on wealth, money, what, the world and these things. But God tells them that the glory, glorification, the glory, the glorious body, the glory I have promised is the most expensive, the most treasured anything that can never cross their lives. So, I am shocked that they can ignore and focus on temporary. Temporary. And perishable. Ah, right from there. Those are low-hanging fruits you can pick from there. Quick messages can, you can pick. Wow. That I have... And yes... If you look at the condition of the church today, it is true. It is 
focusing on wealth, on money, sexual sin, and what? Which church has bought a tall building in town so they are getting rent? Which church is what? Which they, they are focusing on other, even the Christians, even the prayer requests. Pray for me, I want a US visa. Pray for me, I want, nobody say, pray for me, I want to get a glorious body on that day. They are focused horizontal. And he's saying, tell them to focus on the coming glory. On the coming kingdom. Wow. Came inside Bonito. Came inside Puro. Lindo Tambien. What a beautiful message. To help the church refocus. And so, that is what I want us to handle tonight. And it's going to be very deep. Hallelujah. He promised in the Bible that he's coming back. So, there was really, if according to you, you could have said, it was not necessary to come back and say. But when it's near, then now he comes back. It is written, but he comes to say. Double emphasis. The dream was given twice because the event has been decided, must happen soon. Double emphasis. Yeah. And then, also, audibly, by his voice to say, rapture. God tells them that when the rapture takes place, rapture. The word rapture. By voice. Very serious, blessed people. So, what is the message? That's why it's going to be a long journey. Just bear with me today. Today you have to bear with me. We may take a short break. You eat some coke. Enjoy some Kenyan uh, their chocolate what, Macharia? I did shout because you eat well. Wow. Sometimes the heart leaps when you hear that. So, chocolate muffins and cakes are there. But allow me to do this thing. Today I need time. Because tomorrow I want to focus on the pulpit. The vision of the gold. The wooden pulpit from heaven that replaces the glass pulpit. Right? Oh yes. Very powerful. What an awesome hour in the church. <laughs> The hour for correction. Yes. Ora para mudanza in Portuguese. For changes in the church. So now listen to me. Very powerful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank. You. It's good. It's good. It's good. This is a moment and a half. For the prophets of God in the midst of the message of the Lord. And then, just a moment. All of a sudden turned you were there when this was happening yesterday. And start talking to her. And another one is the one that stood. I said, no, not you. This one. And it's this one that stood. And I said, it will be well, my daughter. And boom! Jesus Christo Salvador. Elas Rey. Elas viene con mucha poder. Con su gloria también. You can see the gloria that goes ahead of him is quite huge. 
So how about El Mismo when he comes with his own glory now? Oh, to shake the earth. Eh? <laughs> what a mighty day. I will dance on that day. I will tell them I told you. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> My king was coming. <laughs> oh yes. So what is the message? When the Lord shows in that vision I'm asleep and then he shows me the glory about 12 meters like this. The glory and by voice audibly now. Sending me the year 2021. That was October 18th, 2021. Modern time. Jesus telling somebody, I am sending you. Go tell them. What a beautiful thing to be sent of the Lord. In a generation where people have sent themselves. Hallelujah. Christ of Eve. Christ of Vienna. What a beautiful thing to be sent by the Lord in this age at a time when people are sending themselves and putting name tag in a conference, prophet, apostle. What a beautiful thing now for the Lord to say, God tell them, my Lord. Hallelujah. So let us go through it now. Let us go through this journey. He's saying, and his body is glowing. His body is glowing and he's saying, go tell them that they will have bodies like mine. So, in other words, glorious body, right? So, I want us to go step by step because a scripture is given. Then he writes a scripture. A scripture is given. You, you Kenyans are okay. Those abroad also, you know this, right? But Kenyans know that he normally writes for me in the sky, right? <laughs> oh, yes. You people must see heaven. If you fail to see heaven, your fire must be increased for the things you have seen. And that's why in Luke 16, 19, 31, Lord, send somebody to tell my brothers not to end up here. Let them take the gospel seriously. He said, no, 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 no. The prophets are there. If they cannot believe my prophets, whom God the Father himself has visited them. They have called him. He writes for them in the sky. The cloud has covered them whichever direction you look. This one was Kericho. This one was where. If they cannot believe that, then they are not heaven's material. So you can imagine, if you guys have seen quote on video while writing... <laughs> No, 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 no. <laughs> no, live, live. While he's completing, he's filling them up. He's feeling, look, look, look. He's writing and filling them up. Ellos grabar, Señor, cuando Señor escribe para mí en el cielo, vivo, en vivo, directo. Director, yes. Cuando él, look, look. Uh, while he's, look, 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 he's completing, he's filling them up. And you can see that he's writing from all directions. He's not like man going this way. He writes this, this, they're all right being, coming together, my Lord. If you can see this and fail to enter, your fire must be increased a thousandfold. Maravillas. Maravillosos. The mystery of the prophets of the Bible. If the prophets of the Lord ever come 
and they have no mystery around them, characterizing them. No. That's a problem. <laughs> that will be a big problem. <laughs> Their lives are characterized with mystery. Doubled here, one glorified here, or doing what? Strike ministration using earthquakes, my Lord. Instructing earthquakes where to go and strike and come back. Aye, 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 aye. Describing in Italy from Reggio Emilia that there is an earthquake coming, when it will be fulfilled, you will see blue windows. And when it happened, it was blue windows that characterized the buildings that were knocked down. In the new CNN, Al Jazeera, BBC. So that is mysterio, mystery. Yeah. Yeah. So what is the message? When he says, go to them and tell them that when the rapture takes place, when the Messiah comes, <laughs> they will have bodies like mine and his body is glorious, meaning glorious bodies like mine. What is the message there? The first thing you take away before we read anything is that he has actually told his servants, go tell the nations that the Messiah is coming. Go tell them that I am coming. That, that is the, the, only that you hear say it's enough now. That is the overruling message right there. The coming of the Messiah. Go tell them that the Messiah is coming. So let's read the scripture that he wrote there. First John chapter 3 verse 2. Primera Juan capítulo 3 versículo 2. Por favor. Hallelujah. First John chapter 3. Are we still together? What a beautiful conference here in the middle of the week and name it, right? In the perfect hall, right? In the Hekalu, in the tabernacle of the Dios. Eh? Hallelujah. So those of you who are now going to other countries, now you know that I live in the tabernacle of the Lord. I live in the, in the temple of the Lord. That's where I stay. <laughs> I tell you, God is mighty, right? Hallelujah. I live in the temple of the Lord. Okay. First John chapter 3, verse 2. So, for the sake of context, context, we are reading from verse 1 to verse 3. For the sake of context, context, that you may, you know, that you may get perspective, everything together. Hallelujah. He says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. You read that and you collapse. The first thing you fall down. He said, no. How is that possible? That God can take a homosexual generation that are celebrating homosexuality a full month every year. And I'm told they're saying they want to increase to two years, two months, right? And then call them the children of his glorious family. Glorious is the word. How can you take a generation of the sons and daughters of Adam 
that can go into abortion and legalize it and fight for its rights until it's legalized and then celebrate that now women have rights. Now you can abort. How can you get that generation and call them children of the glorious family of Jehovah? How can you get children of the fall, sons and daughters of Adam, the fall, who have brought false prophets at their pulpits, false apostles, and they are preaching money and giving false prophecies openly in the house of God without hearing God at all. And even finish with the statement, that says the Lord. Without fearing that he might hear them and strike them or see them. How can you get those and then say, now you are admitting them as children of God. The first thing that rings out there to you is that, wow, this is adoption. Es no es derecho. This is not a right. This is an adoption going on. The Lord has gone to some prison jail. And in that jail, he has asked for the worst hardcore criminal. Murder. And he has said, that's the one I want to take to go and inherit my kingdom. This is serious. He's saying, for that matter, salvation is not a right. It's a privilege. We must honor it. We must honor salvation. You need some water, my son. Does he have water? Okay, there's, somebody give me water here, please, I guess. He has. Okay, they have. But just bring, okay, thank you. Huh? He's saying that for that matter, salvation is not a right, it's a privilege. So when somebody comes to you and says, I want to lead you to Jesus, you should right away kneel down and lift up your hand and say, please do it now. I'm trembling. Do it now. Because it's not a right. It's not something to be given and say, ah, I'm th I will think about it later. It is not that thing. It is not. Because he's saying, by privilege, sons and daughters of the fall of Adam. And then he says, he wants to admit them now to be children of God. He wants to identify with them. And not just that, to go into his glorious kingdom and inherit things there. So he says, he says, again he goes on to say, and that is what we are. In other words, when you get born again, right away, you become children of God. That's what he's saying here, right? And then he says, the reason the world does not know us is that he did not know him. He is now right away promising persecution. And he's saying that the true identity of biblical Christianity is that you must be persecuted. The world cannot fight Jesus, hate Jesus, and kill Jesus, and then love you. He's saying something will be wrong and sick about that. This thing you see in the present day church where the world loves them. Something is very sick with that. He 
He's saying here that the world must reject you, must forsake you, must deny you, must persecute you, must fight you, must blackmail you, ridicule you, and mock you, and if possible, injure you, maim you for the gospel. Aye. He's defining biblical Christianity. He's not defining modern Christianity, not at all. Biblical Christianity, Bible-based, my Lord. He's saying, if the world did not know Jesus, must not know us either. So, he's saying right away, quit trying to fit into the world. Can you quit that position? Can you vacate that position of always trying to fit into the world? Always trying to fit into the world. Can you quit from there? He's saying right away there that if Jesus was rejected by the world, then we must be rejected. And if Jesus said that his kingdom does not belong to the world, then even we, his subjects, our kingdom does not belong to this world. That's what he's saying in the introduction for contextual context. Hallelujah. Oh yes. The moment of truth. You cannot lie to yourself forever. A day comes when you need to get it right, the Messiah is coming. He's saying that if Jesus said that this world is not his home, has fought him. In other words, right there he's talking about John 16, 33, that he has overcome the world. It fought against him. Meaning even you, it must fight you and you must overcome it. Not that you must reconcile with it. He's saying in that very scripture, he is quoting Genesis 3.15, Genesis 3.15, which is the classical definition of Christianity. Genesis 3.15, Genesis 3.15. That is what he is quoting right there. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. And he says the following. He says, And I will put enmity between you and the woman. God has stepped forward. He stood and is addressing the serpent. He's addressing the serpent. And he saw, why is he addressing the serpent? He saw alianza, an alliance between his creation and Satan. So he said, no. He will put an amigo, an enmity between the serpent and the woman. Th that's what he's saying there. In First John chapter 3 verse 1. Where he's saying. If the world did not know Jesus. Should not know you at all. Oh. And yet today pastors in the USA. Popularity contest. Popularity contest. Who is most popular? The community loves you. Ah. Oh, the mayor loves you. They invite you to eat uh, to give a speech. That's our pastor. He always gives good speeches. Aye. How is it possible for them to love you if the Lord has sent you to a homosexual generation that is openly and publicly 
celebrating homosexuality for one month and is sending you to them. If God himself has sent you, you must rebuke them. They must hate you. Yeah. You must rebuke them and they, their response, reaction, must hate you. Yeah. The Lord now brings an awakening in this way. And he's saying, I will put enmity between you and the woman. Again, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. And he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. In other words, he's saying, there will be a lineage. There will be two lineages. There will be the children of the woman, the offspring of the woman, and the offspring of Satan on this side. And the offspring of Satan, they are not pequeñitos apientes. No. They are humanas. They are not small snakes. They are human beings. The children of Satan, no es pequeñitos apientes. They are not small snakes. They are human beings. So you can literally see the lineage. You can start all the way from where? From Abel and coming all the way down up to the Messiah. And on this other side from Cain all the way down, Antichrist, whoever you want to enter with. Hi, be careful. Be very careful. Which lineage are you following? There is a lineage that loves sin. Which belongs to the devil. Actually, they fight. They fight the cause. God's, God's agenda, they fight. So they are human beings. They are not small snakes. And we read from Daniel when Daniel said the righteous will understand, will purify themselves, make themselves spotless, but the wicked will continue being wicked. Even at the end, they will not understand. We were here yesterday. We said that's the lineage of the, 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 the beast worshippers. They are the ones when you announce them, the Messiah is coming. It does not change them. When you tell them judgment is coming, they don't, that prophecy does not change their lives. They don't believe it until they end in the lake of fire. We saw it yesterday. They don't fear God. They can see the writings of God in the sky and still blackmail. My Lord, how do you escape that? Please, can you give me time today? This is just context. Verse 1 is context. Jesus wrote verse 2, right? Yeah. So that you may understand that salvation is not a right. Verse 1. So that when you get to verse 2 now, when he's talking great things about you, then you understand, wow, que grande privilegio. What a great privilege. So now, con temor de Dios, con reverencia. With fear of God and reverence. Are we together? So, let's move on now. So, he already defined who his church is. He gave the definition already. He said his church, his people, are those that maintain that conflict. Because this is a conflict between light and darkness. This is a conflict between light and darkness. Luz versus obscuridad. This is a conflict between righteousness and wickedness. This is a conflict between holiness and ungodliness. A conflict between the Lord and Satan. Are we together? 
So he's now saying that the true definition of a biblical Christian is the Christian that has maintained that conflict in their lives. When sin comes, they fight it. They fight it. But the present day church has reconciled. They have made peace, my Lord. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. They have made peace in Texas. In Houston, Texas, they have said, ah, they are homosexual, but God loves people. Let's just love them and what. But if you don't show them the way, how do you love them? You want them to roast in the lake of fire. You must tell them that they are going to fire. Then you love them. Somebody that loves you must hurt you. Because he's so concerned about your wrong course. You are walking the white road. He's making noise. He wants you to change it. I Que Evangelio Amarga. He's saying that that conflict must be maintained in the church. For the church to still be walking on the right way. That when sin comes, the pastor rebuke it right away. But today women will come to church and sit nuda, nuda in the front and even lift the leg. The pastor is enjoying the codicia, the lasting. He does not rebuke. He's supposed to say, hey, somebody bring me a cloth and cover my daughter here. You cannot do this. He should scream. He should make noise. He should be outrageous. He should be unthinkable. That the Hindus and the Muslims with their idol worship can dress holy and the daughters of Jehovah supposedly with the Holy Spirit are nude and naked. In, where? In the church. In the church. It should cause outrage and noise. Do you understand what he's talking about? It must be a conflict that if somebody comes, I see now many churches, many main big churches, I think finally they have said that homosexual is good, they want to bless the marriages, right? Finally they have announced, all of them have announced that they want now to just bless them their marriages. My Lord, What Bible are you reading? He's saying that the present day church has reconciled with the devil. The devil is saying, Notokame, Jotambien, Notokati. He said that you don't touch me, then I will also not touch you. Then you have what you call interfaith fellowship, where the Pentecostal pastor can combine with a Muslim imam and a Hindu priest and go to government and say, we are, we are now interfaith. Give us some money to organize community peace, community togetherness. Hey! If you take a cow, someone worshipping a cow, and you mix with Jehovah, my Lord, hey! and then you are saying they are equal, how will you win him for Jesus? How will you win him for Jesus? How? How will you get that person for Jesus? How? How will you win him for Jesus? That's what he's talking about here. 
that this generation has gotten it wrong. And time is over. We need to correct it and be born again properly and holy and fear God. We need to fear God. That if I do that, I know God will judge me. The fear of God. Time out, Dios. Aye. So he's saying that these days the pastor, two homosexuals can come. They just walk like this after, after you finish. They walk, come towards the altar. Then they stand there. Uh, sorry for that type of walking. But they come here and say, Pastor, we want you to join our marriage. Our marriage. What? Yes, to marry, marry us. Join our marriage. And then they say, if you refuse, we will sue you. Then they look at the congregation and they say, You should say, go and do it now. Go and do it now. If it is killing, also come and kill now. But I will not renounce Jesus and begin worship ultra religion, another religion. No. Because of this promise I'm talking about here of glorification, your entry into the new heaven, the new earth, the new Jerusalem, and maximum celebration, eternal, eternal. And because of the fear of the lake of fire also. The devil has lied to this generation. He has told them, ah, hell is not serious. So they have reconciled with the devil. Can we get the scripture? We don't have time. First John chapter 3. Turn with me there. We are still in First John chapter 3. Now I'm reading verse 2. Which the Lord Jesus wrote. First John chapter 3. Oh, I need time today. I really do. If somebody just wants to go and refresh, let him just walk out and come back, right? If anybody wants to go and refresh or drink water, just walk out, come out so that I can continue. Give me time today. Hallelujah. Christo vive. Yes. He's saying the following. Verse 2 now. He says, dear friends. When he's saying dear friends, whom is he addressing himself to? The church. The church of Christ. He's saying, dear friends, Dear friends, let me find it again. Verse 3 says the following. Verse 2 rather. Dear friends, now we are children of God. He repeats it a third time, my Lord. That is serious. Do you remember the angel, when we were handling the, the, the rapture of the dead yesterday, the day before, do you remember the two angels on both sides, one angel on this side of the river, another, and then the one which, who is here, like a theophany, like Christ coming before he is incarnated. Christ appeared into people in the Old Testament with the fine linen above the water. And then he lifted his hands and swore up. And he said, these things he swore by him that lives forever, my Lord. Meaning, guaranteed, that these things will happen for three and a half years. For time, times, and half time. In other words, everything said here is a guarantee that guess what? The end time will come. 
the Messiah will come. The tribulation will come. The kingdom will come. And the reward of Daniel at the fulfillment, the completion of days, at the renewal of things must take place. He guaranteed it. He lifted his hands and he swore by God and he guaranteed. Oh, when we listen to that, we need to change our lives, right? We need now say, eh, eh, eh. Eternity is going to happen. I don't want to see Gero enjoying up there and then I'm languishing in the lake of fire. Not that in the lake of fire your head will be out so you are breathing as the waves are. No. Inside, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. The crying of billions saying I can't breathe, that's what I heard. That when you open your mouth, this thing of joking around with the prophets of Yahweh, this thing of joking around with the preachers of righteousness. This thing of joking around with salvation. It will hurt eternally, my Lord. In the lake of fire, and the, the, the fire is above the head. And you are, you, if you try to cry because of the pain, the flames go to the lungs, and the pain is unbearable. And that is happening eternally. There is no weekend, there is no holiday, there is no nighttime, there is no day rest. Eternity is so serious, you need to take some time out and just invest in it. Otherwise, you will cry. You say, oh, the others are there. Me, I'm suffering. He will make you know. And the problem with that kind of eternity in hell is that you will always hear my voice preaching to you. Or you will always hear, a cripple has walked. A cripple has walked. Jesus, cripple. You will hear that. You will always hear that. And you will be saying, Oi, Kumbe, they were not fools. Wow. Kumbe, they were not foolishly sitting in front of the prophets of eternity. Kumbe, they were not foolish. Obeying 1,000%, just humbling. And we thought they were foolish. Wow. <laughs> It says here, blessed people. Can we move on? Versicle of those, verse 2. First John chapter 3, verse 2 now. The one the Lord wrote. He said, Dear friends, that's the church, the believers, now we are children of God and what we will be has not yet been known. In other words, he's saying the things of eternity have not yet been fully revealed. There is a scripture that says, what the Lord has kept for those who love him. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. Meaning not yet revealed. The things of eternity are not yet revealed. You can't even take it for granted, right? Not at all. You don't know yet. You don't know how much the pain of the lake of fire, the things God has not revealed about its pain. Maybe the fire will lead to some boils which will heat up and burst. And, you don't know. He only says eternal destruction. Hallelujah. 
And he's saying here that what we shall be has not yet been revealed. But we know this one truth that when Christ Jesus appears, that means the rapture of the church. That is John 14, 1 to 3. 1 Corinthians 4, 13 to 18. Rather, 1 Corinthians, uh, 1, Timo, <laughs> 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 to 18. 1 Corinthians 15, 50 to 58. That's what he's referring to. Christ appears. I'm only teaching you that when you go to your countries, open up the word. In this verse, you can preach more than three months sermon. Because when he says, dear friends, then you ask, who are the friends of God? Right? You can open that up. Now we are children of God. Then you can preach a sermon on the children of God. Who are they? Hallelujah. And then you move on. What will be, we will be, has not yet been revealed. Then you preach a sermon on the things to come. Things not yet revealed. And then you move on and he says, has not yet been known. And they say, but we know this one truth. That when Christ appears, then you preach the coming of the Messiah. And that's a very big sermon. You preach the coming of the Messiah in the rapture. The coming of the Messiah in the second coming. You give the distinction, the differences between the two. You enlighten the church under you. You tell them at the rapture, he comes, he takes the holy people. At the second coming, he takes away the wicked people because he wants only his friends to enter where? Into the millennial reign. You preach the rapture, the coming of the Messiah in the rapture, coming of the Messiah in the second coming. You preach all those things plus the events surrounding them, coming to destroy the Armageddon, Armageddon, whatever. You preach it all in when Christ appears. I'm only helping you to go and prepare the church properly. Please, por favor. This is a lot of summons. But because of time, I'm reading through it like this. It's not supposed to be that way. You're supposed to open it up and preach it extensively. That when you finish, people can make up their mind and choose heaven. Because the choice will be clear or very clear. The devil will not teach them that. It is you to teach them that. He's saying the following again. Verse 2 which Jesus wrote. He's saying in versicular those, verse 2 he says, Dear friends, now we are children of God and what we will be has not yet been known. But we know this one established truth that when Christ appears, meaning the second, the, 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 the rapture of the church, Christ appears, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. That is powerful. In other words, he's saying, <laughs> that is big. Esther Grande. Esther Grande. That is very big. Because he's saying that while we don't know so much about eternity, but there is this one truth that we know. 
that when Christ comes in the rapture, we shall be like he is. We shall see him the way he is. We shall be like him. And see him the way he is. That is very big. Very big. That one is very big. Let me just open it up a bit. Just a little bit. Right? Because, in other words, he's saying, okay, let me finish reading it. He said, we shall be like him. So, brother, but we know this one truth that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So he's promising how many things? We shall be like him and see him as he is. Now, focus on me now. If you get people that have gone to higher levels of the, I mean, education or whatever, in mathematics, computer science, space, aerospace, whatever, and physics, they do what call modeling of these kinds of things sometimes. Not this particular one, but things in that direction. Because they will then ask, what is the body of Christ? How is the Messiah now? He's promising you shall be like him. Then you'll hear that the Messiah, after resurrection, he could pass through the wall and appear. He could just pass through the wall and appear to his servants like this. Are you, have you understood that? Have you picked that now? Then they will tell you that he must operate in maybe 250 dimensions to do that. They, they will tell you figures. Okay? Or they might say 25 or 10 dimensions. Because right now, if you look at a picture like, the, like that one, that one is two dimension. Two. Those. But if you touch this one here, this is three dimension. You are th we are operating in only three dimensions. We are operating in only three. But for Christ to be able to pass through the wall, he must be operating several dimensions. Multiple dimensions. Some of which are imperceptible in this life. All of them really. Because only three you can touch, feel. Three dimensions. Follow me on this. Both of us. He's saying that whatever it is that are the dimensions you need to operate in to be able to be passing through the wall. Right? But let, 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 let me tell you now something. Christ, after resurrection, he did not pass through the wall. No. He simply appears without passing through the wall. I, because I wanted to walk with you step by step to open your mind. Yeah. If passing through the wall is such serious, but for him, in the way he operated after resurrection, the resurrection body, he does not pass through the wall. He simply appears. My Lord, yeah. Oh, yes. It is not a joke what the Lord is promising the church. It is not a joke what the Lord is promising the church. He's saying that the Lord must be operating in multiple dimensions for him. Look now, look. Uh, let me shock you now since you have come to level two. Let me take you to level three. For him to appear to 400 people at the same time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. To appear 400 times. 
to 400 people at the same time. He must be operating in multiple dimensions. I said only those who have done aerospace uh, science, physics, and done mathematics, computer science, electronic work, they can combine that together and do modeling, but still will not understand that. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.